Welcome to the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast, your favorite podcast sharing health and wellness from a multi-generational and multinational perspective. I'm your host, Samantha Salmon, Integrative Nutrition Coach, and today I'm excited to have recently interviewed Dr. Lily Rosenthal, an expert in personalized lifestyle management with a focus on injury prevention, pain management, health optimization, and performance. Dr. Lily Rosenthal is a physician with a private practice located in New York City. She's a specialist in physical medicine and rehabilitation. Dr. Rosenthal sees a variety of patients in her Manhattan office, including world-renowned musicians, dancers, choreographers, and writers, as well as marathon runners and other athletes, and treats such conditions as back pain, tendonitis, repetitive stress disorders, She's also a consulting physician for the New York City Ballet, American Ballet Theater, Metropolitan Opera, MTV Video Music Awards, and several Broadway productions, and is herself a dancer and a marathon runner. She's a celebrity in her own right, having been on the Dr. Oz show and featured a featured author, an expert source in a number of publications, including U.S. News and World Report, the New York Times, the Huffington Post, and Consumer Reports. My favorite fact about her is that she's a member of the Medical Advisory Board of MedShadow, which is how we met, and Plant Powered Metro New York, as well as a Council of Directors member of True Health Initiative. If all that was not enough, Dr. Rosenthal is also the host and co-founder of the podcast, Power to the Patient, which you need to subscribe to and follow right now. Dr. Lily Rosenthal, thank you so much for being here on the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast. It is such a pleasure, Samantha. I really appreciate the invite. It's so rare to meet a plant nutrition center doctor. What inspired you to go this route? Yeah, such a good question. You know, there should be many more of us, but there aren't really many of us. Um, As we all kind of know, or may not know, but should know, food is really the best medicine, right? Um, But so many doctors, we don't learn it in med school, Um, even as I'm an osteopathic physician who's more integrative and more holistically oriented. We really sadly to say there's so much, you know, other things that take precedence and it's really a shame because we know that food is sort of live medicine without side effects. That is really the root cause of so many diseases, injuries, mental, physical health. So it really, thank you for asking that question, because if I think back, it really was a a long process for me. I didn't grow up um, in sort of a plant-centered diet household at all. Um, I'm 58 years old and my parents, you know, were, loved them dearly, but, you know, they were busy and both working. And, you know, that was when like sort of convenience and fast food and tea, you know, not really fast food, but like, you know, uh, prepared meals and TV dinners and that sort of thing. So for me, you know, and I, I didn't feel so great, even as a medical student, I was a dancer and I really was sort of very much into my own body and sort of feeling well and function, functioning well. And, um, it's been really decades of a process of experimenting personally and then really diving into the amazing research evidence-based data that's out there on the connection between food and health. And it's like, oh my God, like I'm a doctor, like this needs to be front and center for the treatment of 
everything. And I'm a pain management doctor. So the connection certainly between food and pain is, is just huge. So, you know, like most people, if you're not born into this, you know, we all have our unique stories, but it's a very core piece of what I do. Every single patient gets a conversation about, I always say, I always preface it, I'm not the food police, mm -hmm. but, you know, I can't not share what I know about, you know, how to get you feeling and functioning better. And a, a lot of it centers around food. Yeah. So I want to ask you, like, what do you think is necessary to get more physicians in the know on plant nutrition? And I want you to really reflect on your own mm -hmm. journey too, like, because I want to know what it is where a doctor goes through all these years of schooling that doesn't touch on nutrition really at all. Um, and then get to, to your stage where it's like, this is like a mainstay of your practice, you know, it's foundational. So how does that leap happen? And then how can we scale that up to other doctors? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's super tricky. Um, I'm super passionate about this. Um, the easy, well, I don't know if you ever heard this before, but you know, the answer is simple, but it's not easy mm -hmm. necessarily, right? Um, it starts with education, like everything else. You know, I, I sort of sought out my own education about this, right? But, you know, the, the, the simple answer that is that it needs to be part of a core curriculum in medical schools. And I think there are many, I'm not involved with any at the moment. I'm, I'm very sort of clinician based with patients, mm -hmm. but um, teaching medical students about this, um, you know, is sort of the easy answer. It needs to be an expanded curriculum um, on the, and actually keeping up with the research that, you know, food is a giant part of it. It impacts all globally, right? Morbidity, mortality, illness, injury, sickness and death, you know, we can prevent it. I find this super exciting information. We can literally 80% of how we age, feel and function is about our lifestyle choices and food being the focus. So I don't only do food. I'm not, you know, but people come into me not feeling well and that that is a big part of what I'm literally prescribing. Mm -hmm. But um, the challenges, you know, so the easy thing is, you know, the simple thing is educate young doctors, right? That this is, there's a huge link between food and, um, and, and people feeling well and feeling sick, right? Um, but the challenge is that doctors are so used to just writing a prescription for symptoms, right? There needs to be a real deep rethinking about what health really is, right? Health is not just the elimination of symptoms, mm -hmm. but it's a deep, integral, feeling, vital, functional, mentally and physically, you know, capable and I hate to say it, but you know, that's not really the experience that most people get when they go to sort of a, a general doctor. So I think it's a huge challenge. The thinking of, I, I would love to just have, uh, my just wish list, I'm thinking about this right now, is having like every physician in the country, in the world, right? Try plant-based medicine for themselves for two weeks. See how you feel, right? Yeah. Check your numbers, right? I think that has impact, stories have impact. So I, I think the only way to do it, and the reason I'm saying it, it, why I prescribe is because I live it, right? Mm. So I think it really starts with a genuine commitment and I think it's gonna be slow. It seems so simple to people like us and maybe to your listeners, right? Mm -hmm. But it's really, it's not mainstream. I mean, it seems basic again, but you know, there's so much marketing, there's so much advertising, there's so much 
right? Like take a pill for an ill, right? No, you could just eat broccoli and apples and, you know, give yourself, I mean, this is it, but, you know, unfortunately there's an economic disincentive, which right. some of us may not or know or not know about this, right? Like this, the, you don't get a lot of money from prescribing broccoli, so. Right, right, right. There are no broccoli lobbyists, unfortunately. No. Yet. Yes, yes, yes. I love that, I love that. <laughs> we need <Yeah>. some. <laughs> So what I found really surprising on your website is um, how you're utilizing nutrition for pain management, right? So I understand nutrition impacting like chronic illness, and I Mm -hmm. see how chronic illness is linked to pain, like inflammation in different areas of the body, but in particular with a herniated disc, is that even possible to treat that with? Nutrition? Yeah, good question. And absolutely. So a herniated disc, it's not like the only answer for a herniated disc, right? I'm a non-surgical orthopedist. I'm a specialist in physical medicine and rehabilitation, as well as a physiatrist. So I am not ignoring the mechanical contributions to a herniated disc. However, I find that I want to help my patient on every level, right? So not having a conversation about what they're eating, right? Which causes inflammation on a cellular level in the body. If they're eating a lot of sugar, if they're eating a lot of junk food, if they're not getting fiber, which by the way, could affect the digestive system, which could affect the low back. It's all related, right? We're just a a complex, but you know, remarkable kind of, you know, human beings are, we're living tissue. So if we put in good fuel and good, food that's anti-inflammatory, that could affect, yes, that could affect pain of a herniated disc. So I'm not ignoring the mechanics of it. I'm not ignoring exercise that may help. I'm an osteopath, so I do manual work to help with back pain and herniated disc. But the body, as we know, can heal itself, which is remarkable, right? Mm -hmm. So why not give all the tools, which, oh, by the way, includes the correct movement, stress management, getting good sleep, all of these things can decrease along with a whole food plant-based diet, which is the gold standard of sort of all. It's a bit of a one size fits all, Um, but a whole food plant-based diet, which doesn't mean you have to shop at Whole Foods because we can get into the whole conversation. (laughs) Not that I'm against it exactly, but I don't shop. It's expensive. You know, I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, uh, people have that idea that, you know, Whole Foods is whole paycheck. But I must say, since Amazon took over, which I know (laughs) some people don't like Amazon, but it has brought the price down somewhat. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. I'm not a, thank you for the update. I'm not yet a whole food shopper. I'm a little more basic. I live in Manhattan in New York city and there's my food guides on the corner that have like a gorgeous array of food. I literally, I posted something on the pandemic. I'm not a huge poster, but like for $26, I got like two gorgeous bags of like peppers and onions and broccoli and and berries and like it's cheap and it's good and that excites me and I love my food guys so I'm, yeah. I'm a little more partial to my 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 neighborhood uh food guys on the corner which we love hyper local yeah. that's awesome yeah yeah so um but yeah thank you for the update on Amazon so, yeah. <laughs> I like to keep it local um yes yeah So, so many women in my community too have told me they have issues with arthritis. So Mm. what is the cause and how can they heal that with food? Yeah, like, first of all, arthritis is one of those things that, you know, we all have uh, x-ray evidence of arthritis, really 
believe it or not, could start at like age 30, but that doesn't mean that you have pain or any disability. So I just want to kind of go back with that. But arthritis is an inflammatory condition of the joints, right? So the stronger we are, the more anti-inflammatory, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but the more fruits, vegetables, beans, nuts, right? To keep the inflammatory marker, we can literally change ourselves, right? By what we're eating. So a good idea for people with arthritis is to stay strong, to be conditioned, to do exercise around the joints because people think, oh my God, I have arthritis. But again, the body is living tissue. So the stronger we are muscularly, right? The more good condition, you don't have to be a bodybuilder, but get out and walk every day, strengthen the muscles around their joints and put in food that's not going to make your joints angry that's a huge way to be able to take care of yourself and not be on medications, right? Which is often a very, it's a, it's a much poorer response, right? It could take away some of the pain, which I know if you have to at some point, but why not prevent that whole messy lot, right? And just eat a whole food plant-based diet that can decrease your pain because even over-the-counter, people are very casual, unfortunately. Over-the-counter anti-inflammatories, right? Oh, I'll just take Advil. Oh, I'll just take Aleve. Oh, I'll just take Tylenol, which is a, not an anti-inflammatory. There are side effects. You can have a bleeding ulcer. You can have uh, you know, stomach issues. You can have kidney disease. People don't know these things. They think, oh, I could buy it at the local pharmacy. It's okay. And that's even the, the, the basic, like some people are on like opioids for, for pain control. So as a, as a pain doctor, I just want to say this and I want to say, I'll say it to twice because it's important. I rarely, if ever, prescribe any medication for pain. And I'm a pain doctor. I'm a doctor that treats pain. I yeah. rarely, I prescribe food, movement. I do manual work. I feel like when I took that Hippocratic Oath several decades ago, um, first do no harm, right? And I know the research and I know the science behind food and health and inflammation and pain. Why would I not be having these conversations with patients? And mm -hmm. for whatever reason, this is like a revolutionary like way of thinking. Uh, most <laughs> doctors don't do that. And there's an opioid crisis. And I sit there saying, oh my goodness, there's such a better way. Um, so I'm into going direct to my patients and telling people you can do this. Um, I, I'm a big proponent of people taking control over their own health and their life because doctors, big secret, doctors can't keep you totally healthy. Like that's not what happens. Like there has to be some personal responsibility, you know, about making choices that are going to support your health. So I'm thrilled that there are people like you sort of getting that message out as well. It's huge. So. I'm so happy right now I could scream because <laughs> literally to have someone because I could say all these things all day every day but to have someone of your credentials who's been mm. through the system saying that hey these drugs are not benign hey there are there opportunities other options you know that are just yeah. you know least likely to do harm hey I took a Hippocratic oath and I take that seriously which means yeah. that if I'm not going to be you know, sitting on a pedestal, just assuming that you can't make these healthy changes, oh, no. I'm at least going to give you the option. I mean, I just appreciate you so much for just for saying Thank all you. that for being loud about it. I mean, you have a, a podcast now, 
centered around that power <laughs> yeah. to the patient. I mean, yes. tell yes. us about this podcast, because I feel like, like if, if this is the messaging, everyone, it needs to be on a billboard. It needs to be on mainstream radio. Like tell us about, <laughs> tell thank, us about this podcast. Thank, thank you for mentioning that. Cause this is really a passion project of mine after practicing medicine for, oh God, 30 plus years now. Um, it's really, you know, I decided to, to power to the podcast, you know, came out of the idea that, you know, every, exactly what I said, right? Doctors, this is the big secret, right? Everybody goes to the doctor and get me healthy, keep me healthy. But the, the dirty little secret of medicine is really that it's kind of, it's an inside job. Mm-hmm. We cannot outsource our health to the medical profession. The U.S. system basically is, it's almost, it's a symptom managed God forbid you have trauma, you get hit by a bus. We have a fantastic medical care system. But the day-to-day things that keep us healthy are, there's five things, and food is at the center. The way we eat, the way we sleep, the way we move, our stress and how we manage it, and our vices and devices, which my daughter, I'll give credit to my daughter. She's like, it's devices, mom, too, because everybody's on their device. So it's really a commitment to pivoting to healthy and making the choices that is transformative. So I decided my podcast, which I'll tell you a little bit, thank you for having me on your podcast. And I was just scrolling through before you got, you got like a billion episodes. We're like (laughs) up to our fourth. So we're very new, but it came together because I really wanted to just be the facilitator of regular people from all backgrounds and ages and experiences to be telling their stories of when they decided that, hey, I'm gonna get serious about controlling my own health. I'm gonna be a serious participant in making choices that's gonna support my own health. And I wanted to really celebrate these, we call them heroes of health because they are doing the work and they are getting the results. Mm -hmm. So I can tell people, you know, I I can just share the, as a doctor even, I can just share the science and share the information and help you. But as I say every day, you're with me for an hour. You're with yourself for the other 23 hours. So our podcast is called Power to the Patient. I'm a co-founder and I I, uh, partner with a fantastic organization, which I'll, I'll, I'll chat about in a bit. But we invite people to tell their stories because stories have impact. People can relate to Joe who decided to change his diet, lose weight, run a marathon. Like there's nothing bigger, there's nothing more that I can do to get that out there, mm-hmm. right? So people are who tell their stories of how, and it can be even little things, that's a dramatic thing, right? But somebody who committed to taking a walk every day and felt mentally better, right? Or, you know, stop drinking soda, which people do, you know, just by, you know, sort of just saying, I'm not going to do this anymore. So I, I really want, I see it as a little bit of like a public service mm-hmm. and we take no advertising money. We're totally clean. Maybe the broccoli lobbyists will get them on board, but you know, it's really, it's really, I hope like a wake up, an inspiring wake up call for people to say, Hey, she did it. He did it. They did it. I'm going to sort of make these little changes and sort of pivot to healthy and go forward. So that's why I decided to do it because I just wanted to get the word out. You know, I, 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 in my office, I love my patients and I, 
you know, patient by patient, we, we talk about this and I have the same conversations, not the same, but you know, there's general things that I say that are common denominators and then everybody's, you know, personal story. But I really believe it's the personal stories of people who have done the work that I wanted to celebrate them, first of all, and then hopefully get the word out so people will be inspired to make their changes as well. So yeah. thank you for, you know, having me chat about that. Thank you for showing new. up and just yeah. doing yeah. like being yourself, being fearlessly real about what's going on and and how people should be thinking about their health, like taking agency, like working with a doctor and having that relationship be one of a partnership as opposed to this power dynamic of doctor knows yeah. everything and all about you and your body, you know, which happens. I know I've had my personal experience even like recently um, dealing with mansplaining doctors, you know, just, <laughs> lecturing me instead of spending the time to ask questions you know um just all the things and like just us educating ourselves like listening to your podcast seeing what's possible understanding how the body works like when you say nutrition helps with the herniated disc I assure you that most Americans don't know this most people on the globe because <laughs> yeah. it was even new to me because I can understand from an inflammatory perspective if food is is creating uh, an inflammatory response and maybe that's creating a swelling or something in the area but I don't know that that's what a herniated disc is so just even you with your experience just articulating the way you articulate things that just is really impactful for the yeah. space so I appreciate you yeah thank you I you said something that reminds me yes the power dynamic really does need to change and that's part of the reason why that's what I think I do in the office and you know I, I it, it I don't know why it shocks me anymore that that does still exist, that it seems like, you know, it's a one-way feed of, you know, I'm the doctor and, but, but there's nobody, I always say this to my patients and I, I did not come up with this, but um, I heard it at a conference once that the, the doctor has a body of knowledge and the patient has knowledge of their body mm. and it's a collective conversation. Yeah. So the more I can, you know, uh, sort of have the communication and the relationship with the patient and we can work together. That's really the way. And the, the patient has the hard job because they have to do the things that really matter. It's really, it's so, um, it, it's so deficient to just treat symptoms with pills and or procedures that don't get to the root cause of what true health is. Mm -hmm. So I feel very strongly about this. And I feel like it's a responsibility, you know, of all doctors and all patients to really do the best we can do without side effects. But we're so used to just that pill for an ill. And quite frankly, it's, you know, patients too, it's hard to make choices and commit to, you know, doing your own cooking and buying fresh fruits and vegetables and, you know, easier to just jump into a fast food restaurant. But I always say like pay now or pay later. And there's a very deep kind of self-care piece to all of that. And there's a, you know, a, a deep sense of, you know, caring for yourself, your mind, your body. And there's such a mental health component to this as well, right? Rather than just, you know, eating crappy food, feeling crappy, you're always just kind of lagging and chasing your tether. You're not sleeping and then you have reflux and then you have pain. And it's like, 
we could do so much better. And it's so simple, but I really think Samantha, and you're doing this with the work that you're doing is we need to have a culture change. We need to wake people up or literally plant the seeds of that. Mm -hmm. This is possible. And I think once, I think there's, I think that's happening. I think I was kind of like, like a freak on my own for some period of time. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think people are sort of getting the message and a lot of younger people too, yeah. that this stuff really matters. And, you know, this also obviously impacts our globe environmentally, right? There's so many, some people come at food from different ways, environmentally, health, animal ethics, you know, mm -hmm. um, but the more you can get it, and I don't want anybody listening to be like, oh my God, like my daughter says, mom, don't say vegan because like everybody's <laughs> going to run away, right? You know, it sounds radical, but why would you not want the best for yourself and just sort of, you know, nudge towards more, like add more fruits and vegetables and yeah. beans and nuts and, you know, some whole grains and keep hydrated and what I do is like, I, I mentioned that, you know, I, I would love doctors to do, but for people to just take like a two week challenge of like, consider just, you know, we can sort of cure like diabetes in like 16 days. Like there's that research part. on this. What? Yeah, yeah it's that part. It's, Underscore it's like, bold, <laughs> everything. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? So I'm just yeah. doing my, my, my little nano part of being a doctor in, and really just putting a big highlighter around like, this matters, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, I'm a doctor, but I'm, I'm really almost like a medical messenger of giving people the tools to make the choices that really matter. And just giving somebody a pill is just so weak. It's so right. not, you know, the, it's not the responsible thing to do. That's yeah. how I feel. And I could say from my perspective as a black woman who lives in this country, we know that kidney disease is ravaging our community. Yep. And for, for, for my community in particular to walk into a doctor's office because doctors have so much um, power, you know, the white coat, the everything, like those acronyms after the name, they hold a lot of weight mm -hmm. <laughs> in the black community. And so whatever these, these doctors are saying, people listen, right? Of course, you know, you'll have some people who are just like, they're a little bit lax when it comes to their health, but ultimately they really trust and respect what the doctor has to say. And for them to go to the doctor and the doctor to not even make it known that, hey, I'm going to offer you this drug as your only option. And it has these results of like causing kidney failure because yeah. That is the whole function of a kidney. Like, yeah. you know, we don't, yeah. we don't, we don't know how the body works. You know, people are not being really trained about the different organs and how they are impacted by these pharmaceutical drugs. The doctor has the knowledge, but it's not being relayed to the patients, number yeah. one. And number two, the doctor isn't giving this alternative. There are it, alternatives. Like it's food. a huge, huge, huge problem. And you yeah. articulated that so beautifully. And I want to just tell a little, because you mentioned kidneys. And yes, and in the Black community, I'm, I'm well aware. So for anybody, you should always be asking any doctor you go to who offers you a pillar procedure, a couple of questions, right? What are the side effects? That's, that's a basic question. Another question would be, with all due respect, 
Is there anything I can do non-pharmacologically to help myself? The doctor, unfortunately, might not know, might not even know that a plant-based diet. I mean, I hate to say that, but like, that's why we're doing what we do, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, is there something I could do non-pharmacologically to help myself, right? What if I, what are the risks if I don't take this medication, right? That's another question to ask, right? And I, I'm sorry, but people just, everybody needs to be the best advocate for themselves. And, you know, doctors go into medicine because they're caring and they care about people. Quite frankly, they don't have the time to be having these conversations. You know, they may not be educated, number one. And I know that sounds like totally scary, but this is totally the truth. So we need to get our information in other ways. And mm. there needs to, the kidney thing is, is, is crazy. Let me just tell I, I give it, when I give talks, I have my three kidney story. And I'm just going to say it because this is where we're at, right? Yeah. I have three doctor friends. I happen to have some doctor friends because I went to medical school and I've, I've maintained some friendships. Three doctor friends. All three of them are in their 50s. They all have kidney disease. One to the to the to the point where his wife had to donate a kidney. He needed a kidney transplant because his kidney disease was so severe. These are all white doctors. I'm just giving you the story. Yeah. And the reason why all of them had the same cause of the kidney disease. They all had musculoskeletal pain. One had knee pain from arthritis. The other had back pain, herniated disc. Mm -hmm. The other one had elbow pain. And they all decided, I'm a doctor, I'm going to take a pill. They took over-the-counter anti-inflammatories, right? For They didn't look for the root cause. They didn't look for alternatives. They didn't look for food. They didn't look for doing some exercises. They all decided, oh, we're doctors. We just take pills for things. We prescribe pills. We take pills for ourselves. All three of them have kidney disease from taking a medication. To me, that's just crazy. And the media does not talk about this. And of course you walk into a doctor's office, they, they're not, they're not saying this because it's like, I don't know if there's fear that maybe people won't listen to me. If I, if I say this, you know, I I I think it's a, I think it's a combination of uh, lack of education, lack of, they're not really at the forefront. Doctors are very conservative. They don't have the time to have these conversations. Maybe they'll send somebody to a nutritionist just like, okay, they don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also think there's a little bit of a bias back to the power thing in a way that doctors are not trying to harm you. I really don't believe that. But I think there's some kind of idea of like real medicine. Broccoli and apples is not like real medicine, right? It really is. That's, the, that's what we're talking about. It really is. And it's the best medicine. Yeah. But I think there's a sort of idea like, I just can't do that. Like they're, my, the, my patient's coming in and this is not like, you know, uh, what high tech medicine. It's what's that? What they're expecting. At least that's what yeah. I heard from the opioid epidemic is that doctors are like, well, my, my patients are saying they're in pain. So how can I not give them this opioid that's going to cause addiction and can lead to death, you know, down the line, you know, yeah. um, just like managing cust- like the customer expectation, which is the patient right. with ethical information, you know, Yes, I, I agree. And I think that, I think I know that medicine and it's at its root is a human science. Mm-hmm. And if us doctors approached our patients with a curiosity of figuring out the puzzle 
of why they're not optimally healthy or why they're not feeling well, why they're not functioning well, why they're in pain, right? If we try to look at it in a with a with a wide scope, right? And figure out what are the triggers? What's happening here? Oh, food, that may be contributing. Oh, lack of exercise, that may be contributing. Oh, lots of stress could be increasing hormones in the body in a way that's ratcheting up pain and stress hormones and cardiac hormones. And, you know, it's all connected. So mm -hmm. I think at its root, doctors need to sort of have the time and the curiosity to want to put these things together and look at the person in front of them like a human being mm -hmm. and a puzzle who, you know, how can we figure out the triggers and the, and the layers? And that's, that's a commitment. That's what I do every day when patients come into my office. It's like, ooh, how can I, okay, pain is just a signal. What are the root causes of why they're not doing well? And it could be as simple as, oh, they have neck pain because their computer's over here and they're looking at the left, right? I see this all the time. They're basic things that we tend to have this bias of like, oh, medicine has to be high tech. Oh, medicine has to be pills. Oh, medicine has to be injections and surgery. And that is way off course. And quite frankly, it's, it's harming people. And that's mm -hmm. a problem. That's a big, big problem. Um, so it's not just the pills and the kidney disease, although that's a big one and that's an important one. So, uh, you know, uh, us educating people and just asking the questions and it's not disrespectful. It's, and honestly, if your doctor is going to come back at you with like, you know, not, you know, not a kind, respectful response, you need to find another doctor. Yeah. You can't, you can't just sit there and sort of accept that it's not right. It's just, first of all, it's on, on a, on a moral level, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but you, people deserve better information. So I know we're both trying, you know, to get the word out to get people to just think about their health differently, not, you know, more of a an upstream, rather than a downstream situation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, even though we can reverse things, and we can, you know, make changes, it's way better to start preventing things. And then once we have that mindset, we can teach that to our children and our communities. And, you know, it just sort of, you know, has that ripple effect of, you know, uh, trending toward the virtuous, the, the, not the vicious cycle, but the virtuous circle, right? Mm, Making little, that. right? Making little changes that gets the things, you know, working in the right direction. Because when we're eating better, we're feeling better, we're sleeping better. We know that our mental state is better. We have more energy to exercise and move and it's all connected. Yeah. So, but you know, that's what I'm, that's what I try to do every day. With the yeah. And I, I love what you were saying before about, you know, if it's not working out with this or even finding a doctor, because I find it's very hard to find a doctor that's in value alignment with things like this. Sure. Do you offer telemedicine? Because you're in I do. I do. I'm in New York City and anybody, first of all, anybody who has a story that wants to join our podcast, you know, and tell a story of sort of pivoting to healthy, we would love to have you. Um, I do have a private practice in New York City, in Manhattan. Anybody who's local, I'm happy to sort of uh, see them and help them. And telemedicine, like what we're doing now, yes, we've all been very familiar with our computers in this last year. 
Um, and oh, by the way, I just want to put something in. Um, there's a study, and I can't quote the research exactly, but something I was curious about um, when the pandemic kind of hit was like, who? I wonder if like you know people who are vegetarian, plant-based are going to do better. And there's a 73% um, sort of uh, decrease in severe COVID symptoms with people who are plant-based, whole food plant-based. And yet that's here huge. first. <laughs> that's huge. Yes. I didn't From do the research. <laughs> yes. So like, like all the things, like you're just giving yourself such yeah. a, a healthy start, you know, in life. Um, you know, I, I was, when the, when it came, you know, cause that's, I'm always thinking like plant-based, plant-based medicine, you know, how can we help? And then I can't, thinking when well, we had the, the horrific situation here in New York, I'm thinking somebody's got to do a study. Um, I'm not a researcher and I, you know, I don't have the access to that, but I bet this was my little theory in my head that, you know, I'm wondering if, well, we know that people with pre-existing conditions do poorly for everything, including mm -hmm. COVID. It's not a secret, right? We can't guarantee anything, but why not give ourselves a running start? So, right. and then that research came and like, yeah, that makes sense. Intuitively, that totally made sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, not to mention the decrease in diabetes and chronic disease and heart disease and hypertension and all the big killers. And oh, by the way, I think it's now number five killer is like medically induced problems. I don't know if people know that or you know that. It's crazy. It's crazy. We're thinking about it all wrong. It all starts <laughs> up here. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, when someone like, me says something like that they're like uh you know because the health and wellness folks ah but you have a medical degree so when you say that it has more weight so i just want to say thank you again for speaking up you know and speaking out and um of course any way i can support amplifying that message i would love to do that you know including this podcast episode so let folks know how they can connect with you online how can they get on a telemedicine call and like actually start working with you? Uh, sure, it would be a pleasure. Easy enough. My name is Dr. Lily Rosenthal. You can Google me. You can look at my website. It's dr for doctor, no period, L-I-L-L-I-E, Rosenthal, R-O-S-E-N-T-H-A-L. You can full access to me. I'm like, I'm a one woman show. So just <laughs> feel free to reach out if you have comments about this conversation. I'm happy to, you know, to hear it. Um, if I can help you feel better, you know, in, in any way. And Samantha, I'm, you know, open to having another conversation. I have lots to say on the subject and um, don't sell yourself short, even though you didn't go to medical school, you're way ahead of many doctors. <laughs> Seriously, I on, always, this on this topic. <laughs> I always try to tell folks to read Dr. Gregor's book, How oh, Not to Die. He yes. literally says it there yes. and he goes yes, through all yes. the examples of his own yes. experiences in the medical system. But you know, many people don't feel like if they already have a bias against um, certain commentary because they're not hearing it from the medical system right now. Like they go to the doctor, they're not hearing that from the doctor. So why should I read this long book? You know, I'm busy with my life. I have work, I have kids right. and da da da. Right. So your podcast and just you just showing up and just telling people is, is so impactful because I feel like this will at least give folks um, a hint. Oh, maybe I should actually read that book, you know? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's uh, I'm, a pro I'm a promoter of, of him. He's amazing. I mean, yes. he just like literally digests the global research on the connection between food and health. And you can like go to the bank on anything he says. Um, and it's, yes, it's very hard to sort of change your life from reading a book, but that is the book to read. 
100% if you, you know, are sort of interested in hearing the details and the research. But um, you're right, doc, uh, people are very much impacted. We talk about the vaccine situation now with COVID, which I'm gonna put this out there too. There's some hesitancy out there and I'm not casual about what I put into my body or anybody's body, but it makes sense to be, um, and I have no, I have no ties to anything. Nobody, nobody owns me, I have no, but it does make sense um, if there's no major contraindication to be vaccinated. I know this hesitancy, I know there's political reasons and all of that, but the science is pretty solid. I'm not the first person, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm very careful what I put in my body, but I feel responsible to get that out because mm -hmm. the messaging as a physician, um, people are listening to doctors about that. So, you know, um, I, I am a proponent of vaccine, uh, not all vaccines, not all, and I'm not, a, not into big pharma. Like I said, oh my God, I, I, you know, there's so many problems with that. Yeah. But, um, you know, doctor messaging is super important. And about this, around this dietary situation, it's um, very important. Um, you know, that food matters. It, what you put in your body matters. How could it not? It just kind of makes sense, right? And the yeah. more you can align yourself with nature, you know, and eating, you know, things that grow and singular ingredients and not processed foods. And I mean, that's, you know, so basic to me that, you know, I forget where sometimes people are at, but I ask my patients, you know, what they're eating and how I can help them, you know, make baby steps if they need to towards just incorporating more, better fuel in their body to feel and function optimally. Awesome. And we'll make sure to have all the links on how folks can connect to you on social media, your website, all that on the show notes. So make sure to click the link. Dr. Lily Rosenthal, thank you so much for thank being you. with us today. This has been an amazing conversation. It's been delightful. Thank you so much for inviting me and thank you for all the great work that you do, Samantha. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to receive the latest podcast to keep encouraged and inspired on your wellness journey. Help us to continue to share the message of wellness to folks throughout the country. Click the link in the description to explore this episode's resources, deepen your knowledge, and share with uh, family and friends who you think may enjoy this information. See you next week where we will be talking to JD Raw on the top 10 reasons people fail on a raw vegan diet. Be well.